Welcome to the Corporate Caffeine Podcast. Today's episode is actually a recording from one of my recent live streams. I do these every Wednesday at 12.30 Central on Facebook and on LinkedIn. I'd love for you to join me there. Just a warning though, these are a little weirder and a lot more personal. So I hope you enjoy and let's go ahead and dive right in. Hey, you guys, Dacia here. Um, I'm back uh, for Corporate Caffeine, which is when I go live every Wednesday, usually at 1230 Central. I'm a little late today. Um, I was giving myself a little bit of grace about whether or not I was going to do a live stream today because um, my dad passed last week. Whew, hard to say that out loud. And um, but I decided it is time to get back in the saddle. And, you know, this is about taking um, what you learn from a life and applying it to living, right? And so that's why I thought, you know what, we'll get on here. And if I get a little emotional, I'll go ahead and ask you guys for forgiveness on the front end. And hopefully I can <laughs> maintain and not do anything quite so embarrassing. So, um, the, you know, of course, thinking about my dad and his life and my relationship with him and, um, it has intersected with what I'm reading. Um, not surprising. So plenty of scripture lately, for sure. Um, for those of you that dive into the Bible, Ecclesiastes specifically, which is a little challenging, but also exactly where I'm at, you know, where, where the writer is asking, what's it all about, right? Um, and, and the other thing that I'm reading right now is a book recommended um, by my business coach at Convene, Ken Stiles, and it's a book called Change Your Questions, Change Your Life, and really kind of an interesting collision of things in my heart and, you know, what's influencing me right now. And it's really got me thinking about um, how do we make the choices that lead to significant legacy and, you know, the, the outcome that you wanted, like, you know, how at the end of days, do you know that you really lived, you know, your potential and that you stepped into it and that you made an impact and that you loved well and that you lived well. Um, so I'm going to start with that answer first, kind of what I've seen and what I've experienced in the past week and a half. And then I'll reverse engineer that into, you know, some of the thoughts that are coming into my mind, some of the questions from that thinking. So um, the first one is, how do you know you lived a great life? Well, you know, in regards to what you left behind, you know, one of the things that I can say is what I've seen in the past week and a half is... Um, love everywhere. So much love, so much outpouring from people, um, deep connection, meaningful thoughtfulness, a lot of intentionality, people sitting in uncomfortable spaces and just being willing to show up. And, you know, side note, um, if you're ever being there for somebody who is mourning, I will tell you, you feel like when you send a text message or when you send a card that it's not significant, like, you know, you feel so helpless, like, I wish there was more I could do. Well, I want to tell you it's not. It's not insignificant. Like it's because what's happening is you are sending your heart and your love and your prayers and it's showing up as a wave. 
of love and comfort, a blanket of protection. Like God is knitting all of that together to surround um, the people that you're praying for and that you're reaching out to. And so that's actually how it's received and how the experience of that has been is just the unbelievable amount of text messages and private messages on social media and email and phone calls and cards that have shown up for me, for my mom, for my sister. I mean, like you guys, it's amazing. So I just want to encourage you never think that your gift of love is ever too small and never second guess yourself that it doesn't matter because it really does matter. So that has shown up, you know, um, you know, as a wake of my dad and our family and like what he created. And, um, you know, the funny thing is, is like, my dad is not touchy feely. He's not like this warm, expressive, <laughs> you know, like guy. I mean, he's much, he was much more intense and, um, you know, yeah, just intense, intensely passionate, but quiet and deeply devoted. Um, you know, but you know, what that's created is just this stable place, you know, and just all of these amazing people. The other two things that have shown up um, in my family's life in the past week and a half have um, been weird ones. Um, peace. <laughs> so, you know, uh, loss can feel a lot like chaos and it's confusing. Um, the emotions are all over, you know, it's not just sadness. I mean, there's just so much to it. And um, so when peace shows up, when orderly progress shows up. Um, it's unbelievable. And I will tell you, I definitely have learned in my life that that is one of the faces of God. He is not a God of chaos. He is a God of order and peace and love, of course. And so that has been, um, that has shown up in, you know, of course, um, unity in our family as well. Um, you know, being there for each other, prioritizing how my sister is doing, how my mom is doing, you know, um, how our husbands or kids are doing with this, you know, how family has, is, you know, extended family is doing. Um, that's been the only thing that's mattered, you know, through this. And so, wow. <laughs> you know, so that is one thing that I have learned is, um, you know, when you see the face of God show up, um, in a place that is difficult. That's a good life. That's a good life. So whew, still going to power through embarrassed, embarrassed. Don't care. Going to be vulnerable anyways. So Dwight, thank you so much for your encouragement. So good to see you. Um, so back to the collision, um, that's happening in my head, not just in my heart, um, you know, in regards to what's influencing me and where this is taking me, what I'm journaling about and that kind of thing is that book that I'm reading, um, change your questions, change your life is interesting. You know, it basically it's saying that our assumptions can be hinged on the the questions that we ask ourselves minute by minute every single day. So the two examples that they gave in the very beginning of the book, um, one was about, when you get dressed in the morning, you literally ask yourself questions. What's the weather? How do I feel? What kind of comfort level do I need to be? Where am I going to be going? What kind of shoes do I need to wear? You literally rattle off these ridiculous amounts of questions immediately. So in essence, the book provocates that you're wearing your questions like every single day, which I thought, wow, that's such an interesting way of looking at it. Um, Another one, you know, like historically speaking, you know, in regards to how a single question can dramatically change things is when you look at nomadic peoples, their number one question is how do we get to water? 
But the question that changed things, historically speaking, was how do we bring water to us? And so the structure of that question dramatically changes the outcomes that are even possible. It limits or expands uh, the outcomes that you want to see. And so in this book, it's talking about how do we ask questions and what type of questions do we ask that lead to our everyday lives and that stack one day, one minute, one choice, one question, one answer upon one another into a big, bold life or maybe something where you're feeling lacking or you're not getting the outcomes or the relationship or the fruits that you were hoping to get. So I wrote down a couple of questions. Um, some are from the book and some are just from my own thinking, but just to kind of share with you, you know, this interesting paradigm about instead of having answers, um, because death opens up lots of questions, instead of having answers, um, just allowing space for questions and allowing growth to find the right questions, right? So um, on one side, um, you know, one side is the limiting questions potentially, and one side is the, the potential questions, just my language. The book has its own, but I don't want to go down that rabbit hole right now. So um, one question would be, what do I want, right? And an alternative question, and especially uh, it being January, is what do I want to be? Now, I love this paradigm shift because this happens and um, just being open with you about my dad, he had, you know, some pre-existing health conditions, of course. And, um, you know, so what do I want for me might be, I want a Snickers bar. I want a piece of pizza. I want to sleep in. I want an extra glass of wine, right? But what do I want to be? I want to be healthy. I want to be strong. I want to be present for people. I want to feel great. I want to be active, right? And so it's that tiny change. What do I want versus what do I want to be? And you you can ask that question in the exact same moments, but which question you decide to choose changes everything. And you can really see, um, you know, people's questions at play based on how they do that. Another one closely related to this is how do I feel? right? Um, so how do I feel? Which then determines what do I want? What do I deserve? That's another um, somewhat dangerous limiting question, right? Because maybe as an example, those questions are changed to how do I want others to feel instead of how do I feel? Um, or it might be what outcome do I care about, right? So not how do I feel, but what do I care about? That's a significant change, but it's the same. It holds the same space in our lives in the same moments, you know, how we decide to direct things. Um, another one, oh, this one, I have sat in this one, and this is one of those blind spot questions. Um, you can see it. Uh, it's one of the reasons for arguments. It's one of the reasons for doubt and fear and all sorts of crazy. And it's actually um, two different questions, same exact intent. The first one is what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me, right? Why can't I get this right? What am I doing wrong? What am I not seeing? Where am I failing? Um, the sister question to that that's so dangerous is what's wrong with you? Why can't you figure this out? Why are you not doing what you should do? Um, and so how do you change those questions? Like when something that you're not happy about happens, how do you either, how do you avoid blame, blame of yourself or blame someone else? You know, and the question is, how do we move forward, 
right? You know, I mean, where do we go from here? What do we want to accomplish? What's possible versus whose fault it is? And you ask those questions at the exact same points of time, but they take you in very, very different directions. Um, so I think that one is a really, really important one for all sorts of scenarios that you might be going through. Um, another one, how do I prove that I'm right? How do I win? Right? Sometimes that's an okay question. Sometimes that's the right question. But when you're talking about your loved ones or when you're talking about a difference of opinion, um, how do I win is not the right question, right? Um, how do we get to the right solution might be the right question. How do, um, how do I take care of this person? How, you know, maybe even do I understand where they're coming from? Um, you know, or do, what do we agree about? There's so many different directions, but it's just a very dramatic paradigm shift around, you know, me, me, me in looking inward um, versus inviting the rest of the world in, you know, and opening your hearts to different things. Um, so a couple different questions. Those were really the big ones. I wrote some others down, but I could just keep going on and on. But I really... I really love that because, you know, looking at my dad's life, um, you know, I can see the presence of his questions and he was not perfect, but he was a good man and that led a life that led to a lot of amazing things. And I'm proud of that. So what questions are you asking yourself? What questions are you hurting yourself with? And um, maybe it's not so much, you guys, about having answers or being perfect or coming to the right outcomes, but opening your heart to different answers, you know, to receive different answers. And it's simply by choosing better questions. So um, my final question for you is what type of life do you want to leave, lead and what type of impact do you want to leave behind? And I think those are worthy questions, even though they're not easy. And I think we have to make those decisions while we're living. So love to you all. Thank you guys so much for the encouragement. Um, you know, some of you I know so, so closely. And some of you I've only met and corresponded with through social media. And I receive all of that love and support because you guys are all a part of my tribe. And I am blown away at the immensity of God's love and, you know, the um, capacity of the human heart for connections beyond boundaries, beyond physical limitations and geographies, beyond standards or beyond, you know, similarities or differences. It's absolutely incredible. And it gives me so much optimism and so much encouragement and, um, it is the thing that turns grief into hope. And that is definitely how I want to live my life. So thank you so much for that gift that you guys have given me. So love to you all onward and upward.